Welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church this February 14th, which is our Valentine's Day, and it just so happens to be on a Sunday. So we um, are worshiping this morning by way of uh, uh, online only. Um, so you'll notice that to keeping in the flavor of Valentine's Day, we I'm wearing my red. I have the, the I love or my love sign here. So um, we need to love love is the point. So um, I did want to take a, a moment here as everyone's getting their notifications right now and getting ready to chime in that um, we are uh, taking precautions. We uh, simply decided to meet online only this week just to let the building breathe. We've had a little extra foot traffic and um, just let the building kind of, we, Carla, Caitlin, and I did a deep clean the other night and just to let it breathe a little bit. So, um, and I don't know if you know this, but also tonight um, we uh, are expecting a lot of snow, who knows on that, but we also are not having Awana or Word of Life or Student Ministries tonight. Um, so, for the very same reason. So, most of you are chiming in, getting a notification. I would say, welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church. We have been noticing new names, different names on our, when we get our notifications, our weekly feeds. Uh, people from all over, all over the, the nation uh, have been chiming in. So uh, we are grateful for that. And if I could be honest for just a moment, it's, um, we want to be very cautious and clear that um, when we ha uh, minister through our online services, that it's not just, we don't want to put up a facade. We are a church. We're a church of people. We're a church of uh, uh, people that need help. We need the Lord. We need his intervention. So sometimes churches, I've noticed this, they have a, uh, a, a online appearance that doesn't match their uh, actual, how they're living. At our church, we uh, at Cross Point Baptist Church, we just want to be real and genuine. So, um, yeah, we have bumps and hiccups and uh, doubts. We have concerns. We have growth. We have excitement. We have all, all, every as, aspect of life uh, we cover at our church, and we live it out because we have his word, which gives us the direction, the assurance, and the promises uh, that we can live by. So... Again, Sunday morning Facebook, I'm, I'm fighting the urge to be too relaxed like I, I am on Wednesday night. We want to be uh, reverent. We are worshiping this morning. We're not just filling time. We need to get our minds fixed on, um, on what's true and good. And today, uh, I would suppose, like most churches around our nation, are going to be preaching and teaching and, and sharing love and um, yes, I agree that uh, a certain degree it is a hallmark holiday, but it does serve as a good platform to be reminded of uh, the author of love. I would say the author and finisher of genuine, true love and the definition thereof. So this morning, I have decided to keep a very simple message um, of, that, uh, of, of that topic and it is the staple for our church that we, uh, uh, we don't ever want to take our life and kind of try to sum it in one verse because the Bible is a complete whole book. But John 3.16 serves as a verse for us today. It's really the only verse I plan on you turning to, looking at, and reading this morning. So 
uh, I will give you that moment um, to uh, get your, make sure you have your Bibles ready to go. Hopefully, you have already done that. You, you, you know, 10 o'clock, you started getting your little coffee, get your Bible, get your pen, get whatever device you need to worship and um, be ready this morning. Um, attitude is everything, and pre we prepare ourselves for a lot of things in life. How many times do we prepare ourselves for uh, uh, gathering as a worship, gathering for church? Sometimes we just show up, and showing up isn't enough. We need to be prepared. We need to be ready. We're getting ready to meet with the living God, so why would we not make that an important time? So let's bow for a word of prayer. Um, and then we will uh, open God's word this morning. Lord, we love you today. Grateful that we have the means to meet. Uh, it's different, way different. We are not able to enter your presence with song today. We're not able to enter your presence in the spirit of, of community, in the spirit of, of actually being together. <clears throat> but this is where we are for today. So unite our spirits together uh, in, in, in a magical way that you do. Yes, magical way that you, supernatural way that you do when believers come together. We can know that we know that uh, you are our bonding agent that brings us together as a church body, that we can be separated and yet still be one soul. So bless the reading of your word today, the simplicity of it. May the simplicity be very, very powerful today. Be a motivating factor and how we live our life. We love you and we thank you for what we're going to be able to do here in these next few moments as we open your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, turn with me to John 3.16. I'm going to do my best to uh, be concise as we open our Bibles today. I even have my red Bible. Isn't that <laughs> something special? Um, and uh, be in thoughts uh, as we move forward as a church, because we have a lot of uh, little decisions. I mean, nothing bad, but as we maybe are nearing the end of the um, the pandemic as it affects how we function. I don't know that for a fact. Don't quote me on that. But um, we are hoping to be able to minister a little bit more traditionally as we have in the past at our church, not just through these means. But we're going to take each day as it comes. The Lord is in today. He's here. So you be here today and on purpose as well. But one of the ministries that we have that um, um, it can it's really powerful at times. Sometimes it's overlooked, and that is our music ministry. Andrew has uh, is leading us in that regard. Uh, it's so encouraging to see the stage full of people uh, leading us and worshiping themselves. They're, 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 they're honing their, their craft or skills. But the motivating factor is to be well-pleasing to our Lord. So um, we have already have a plan for Easter that uh, we hope we're able to implement as it's, it's, it'll be here before you know it, believe it or not. I think, if I remember right, Easter is uh, right about in the middle of the month of April. So uh, don't quote me on that. But um, that those are the plans. I mean, that's what? That's eight, six, seven, something weeks away. It's not far. So uh, be in prayer for our music ministry as well. All right, you got your Bibles. You're ready to go. The verse that we're going to... Um, 
share is a verse that you know. I um, I'm go we're going to try not to leave this verse. I'll try to just mention the others by way of cross-reference. But this verse tells of the greatest story ever told. John 3, 16. I'm going to purposely read it, not just quote it. Sometimes when we quote verses, we they become a mantra more than actual listening and digesting what they are saying. So John 3, 16 um, reads like this. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that who, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay, we've heard that verse. You know that verse. That verse um, is right in the middle, actually, of Jesus talking about the new birth. We have been going through John, the book of John on Wednesday nights, and we did a deep dive into that uh, setup for that verse. But I do believe that John 3.16 is the most concise, deep, well-known verse in all the Bible. It's, what's amazing is there are only 25 words in the whole verse. That's it. 25. Perhaps more people have come to Christ because of that one verse. It's a miniature gospel. We don't like to do that with the gospel message. Just kind of, we, we always want to crunch things down sometimes, but the gospel message is the whole book. It's the gospel made easy in one verse. We do want it to be bookshelf level. But the gospel message, though it's easy, it's good news, it's, it's very deep. It is very, very deep. And the more you dive into it, it can be complex. But the actual uh, message of the gospel is simple. For us all to understand. God's love letter to all mankind written in red here in the Gospels. And it's the one verse that Satan, I believe, would like to have blotted out of the Bible. Let's take that one out. I think that shows, this is my opinion, that shows how Im impactful this one verse can be, can be. This verse has been broken down like this. God's grace. God's gift. God's gospel, God's glory. So, I uh, see all the G's right there, four G's. Let me repeat that. Somebody may be note-taking this morning. God's grace, for God so loved the world. God's gift, that he gave his only begotten son. His, God's gospel, that whosoever believes in him and God's glory will have everlasting life. So, for us today, we, can, we, we can't love until we know love. We can't love until we know love. What um, We know love ultimately by knowing God. Now, we can play with it on, a, on an emotional level, but love goes way beyond emotion. True biblical, true love goes way beyond emotion. It goes way beyond infatuation. In fact, love, love uh, is most impactful when, when, a, when emotion or infatuation is not even available. It's how do you love when it's hard to love? That's when, that's when you know you have true love or not. Can't know love till you know God. You can't know God till you know Jesus Christ. Um, just listen to John 3.16 this morning as we do our deep dive. Uh, not a deep dive, but... 
we break down this one verse. So look in the first two words says, for God. For God. Now this verse begins like the Bible begins. How does the Bible begin? Genesis chapter 1. With the existence of God. This verse starts just like ABC, always been a creator. It starts just like the Bible begins. Perhaps taken for granted, we do Genesis 1.1. But you know, the Bible tells us in uh, Psalm 14.1 that only a fool would say, a fool has said in his heart that there is no God. Pastor Scott, the bulk of this world, we see it. We see a pendulum shifting that way to where people don't even want to recognize God or believe God or make God who they want him to be. Are you saying they're fools? I'm not. The Bible says it's a fool that says that. And the other thing about that is at one point, I was like that. I think the bulk of us at one point or another have questioned God to the point of doubt, which would make us actually foolish. But the whole Bible stands on the belief of God. The whole Bible, it's how it starts. It starts on the, and that's also how it ends in Revelation. It stands on, the Bible makes a claim. The question that we have to uh, decipher in our own heart, mind, soul, is, is the claim true? And just because you believe it or not doesn't make it true or not. So this is where the Holy Spirit gets involved. But this is why we teach and preach the word of God. We share it, and then we kind of get out of the way. We need to be ready to explain, and, and, and people that have that next level question, sure, be ready for an answer. But our goal isn't to argue and get into fist fights over this thing. Not at all. So, uh, but remember this, the whole Bible stands on the belief of God, first and foremost. <clears throat> there cannot be a here without a there. There cannot be an upper without a lower. There cannot be a before without an after. And there cannot be a creation without a creator. So for God, again, we could spend the rest of the day on that. We can't, but just that is our um, uh, thesis of the gospel message for God. And the people are stumbled right there. I get it. Listen anyways, watch what happens as this verse unfolds. So for God, the next two words in, in 16 says, so loved. Just two simple words. What is love? Well, the word love appears 56 times in the book of John. 56 times. The dictionary defines it as such. To have a feeling slash an affection, a strong attachment to. There's a lot of things that we love over time. There's been cars that I've loved. Alex is here uh, in our house this morning. Alex, do you love your car? Yeah. That's okay to say that. It's okay to say, I really love my car. And we have hobbies and we have animals. In fact, I didn't want to do this, but I'm going to have to. I love my dog. She's right there at my feet. I love my dog. We love all kinds of things in this world. My golf clubs are over there too, but... Is Carla anywhere around? Okay. So, uh, for God so so loved. But what is love? We gave a definition there, a, a, a worldly definition, a dictionary definition. But this verse adds the word so. Two little letters. 
Two little letters that making the definition even more, uh, with more impact, making the definition harder. Two letters, two letter word like so puts such depth behind the word. So loved. And the emphasis that we want to remind is it's not your love for him. It's his love for you. So God so loved that he's, he, I like that the Bible uses less words instead of more to make the point. Sometimes it's when we slow down, lower our voice, and use less words that are more impactful than a thousand words screaming from a mountaintop. God, for God so loved. Digest that for a moment. He loves you. I'm going to show you how he loves you even if you don't love him back, if you don't know him back, recognize him back. If you're, if you're a person that's made a wreck out of your life, life, made a wreck out of other people's lives, he loves you. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. The mind of man will never grasp I think the love of God, I don't think we can fully grasp it. We can, we can be in awe of it, I think. But God's love is uncaused. It's uninfluenced. It's spontaneous. It's sovereign. In fact, Deuteronomy chapter 7 gives you a glimpse into that very point. So does uh, Jeremiah uh, chapter 31. We are the children of God. In fact, verse chapter 1 of John, verse 12, shows us just that. A loving parent, okay? For God so loved, look at the next line there, the world. Well, you've heard me mention this in times past and as we share this verse, so I don't want to belabor it, but the world, what is talked about there? That word, world, is where we get our cosmos word, the word appears 77 times in the book of John. So world means people, not the earth, not the globe. It means the people. Uh, no one in this world could possibly love all the people in this world. In fact, most people find it difficult to love hardly anybody in this world or even all the relatives. You know, I'm a people person. I, I, I didn't realize this till later in life, but I just like I go up to people um, that I don't even know and start conversations. I think I'm becoming that old dad guy, you know, in that one commercial where people, you know, they're not asking for your help, Scott. So stop, stop butting in. But I, I love people. But you know what? I've realized I, there, I can't love everybody. I can't even know everybody. And there's some people that when they reject you, you tend to not even want to have anything to do with them. That's not the case with God. Now listen, he judges absolutely, but listen, you are never, let me use a double negative here. You are never not loved. You're never not loved. So I used a double negative for Karen Stanhope. So I'll give her something to uh, think on there. But God loves every individual in the entire world despite their faults. I'm learning right now about the Middle East. I'm, I met somebody from there, or relatives are from there, 
And I'm learning more about Israel from outsiders of Israel than I am from the people of Israel. Does that make sense? And it's helping me to understand this and how I relate it in our world in 2021. We're in 2021. So, um, but what I'm learning is there's people that want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Now, in fact, they're angry. They're, that is the, the enemy to them is Jesus Christ. And he loves them. And God loves them through that. Don't ask me how. Don't ask me why. That's just his nature. We've been studying Jesus' deity in John chapter 5. His, that, that is, the deity is the character or nature of Jesus Christ. Is the same character and nature of God. Why? Because the two are one. Don't ask me how or why they're able, he is able to love the way that he does. I don't have the answers. But let me just think about this for a moment. God loves the Jews. He loves the Russians. He loves the Chinese. He loves the Arabs. God loves white people, yellow people, black people, and polka-dotted people. God loves the civilized. He loves the, the uncivilized. He loves the Baptist, the Methodist, the Presbyterian, the Catholic, and the Muslim. God loves the Lutherans. He loves the fundamentalists. He loves the liberals. He loves the communists. Whatever title you want to place on yourself. He loves the preachers, and he also loves the murderers, the gamblers. He loves bartenders. The sinner, he loves the sinner, not the sin. The criminal, not the crime. The rebel, not the rebellion. Now, is that saying he loves me so I can do what I want? No. He's saying, I love you, learn of me, take on me. He wants, he loves you. You cannot say that nobody loves me on this earth. Now, I want to emphasize that point because there's going to be people that, that aren't, I, they can't receive that. They can't receive the fact that God loves me. They're going to argue that point with me. Nobody loves me. You can't say that, not, not according to the word. Now, the next question is, will you receive it well the thing about love is you can't earn it not genuine love you can't earn it it just is so god for god so loved the people that he gave that he gave i see some of you are even throwing up scripture as well that emphasizes that point <clears throat> but it says that he gave love is giving the world knows little about giving um, God's giving cost him something. A true gift will cost you something. Our giving has little sacrifice in it. So today's Valentine's Day, right? And uh, some people, I was teasing some people yesterday, said, you better run up to Myers and find something on the shelf, get hooked up for mama at home. You know how this works. You can say it's a Hallmark holiday all the long, but guys, you better be have brought something home today. So, what? So, you want to hear a funny, by the way? I was going to save this for Wednesday. Maybe I'll hit it now. Caitlin and Alex are here. Do I have time for this story? All right. So, remember on Wednesday night when we were doing our little study, and they, they were like, no, nope, we don't celebrate. No, nope, it's a Hallmark holiday. No. Nope. Caitlin goes out Saturday. or whatever. Yeah, it was yesterday. And gets this little gift bag for Alex, okay? Now, what did she say on Wednesday? We're not doing the thing. It's a Hallmark holiday. Guess who got a little salty when she didn't get a gift bag back? No, that's not what happened. What happened? 
being kind. You were being kind. <laughs> but you had just said it was a Hallmark holiday. The point there, Alex, and all the men listening, it's Valentine's Day. Even though it's, it's a Hallmark holiday, get a little something. Uh, she was a little sorry. All right, let's, let's, we're, we're worshiping this morning. We'll save this for Wednesday night. We'll have the meltdown on Wednesday night over this issue. But on, um, uh, but our gifts, our love, we'd go buy trinkets and things like that. But a real gift, it costs something. It's, it, it costs emotion. It costs money. It costs effort in your life. Jesus, well, let me put it this way. God didn't give a, the cattle on a thousand hill that the Bible says he owns. He didn't give gold or silver to buy you back. He gave his son as a ransom to be redeemed. To buy back is what the word ransom means. First John chapter 4, read that. Just read it, uh, especially verses B10, um, 9 and 10. Read those. You're going to see what he gave. He's going to use big words or propitiate. You're going to read big words in that. But the point of, of 1 John 4, but the point of that is that he didn't he could have gave anything to buy you back but it was only going to cost his son that blood sacrifice the word he gave for god so love that he gave who gave it the father you know we forget about this we forget about this we talk about the suffering of jesus christ on the cross why to buy back our sin the punishment of sin don't forget that god the father suffered as well we talk about why was Jesus in anguish. Uh, yes, it was the physical torment and the pain, but he was separated from the Father. That means the Father was also separated from the Son. So don't forget about the suffering Father. You know, now we want to be careful there with his deity and all that and who he is, but he had to give his Son. The next part says his only begotten Son in verse 16. So here speaks of that relationship, the only begotten. Uh, it recognizes Christ's uh, two natures. I love this. This is why it emphasizes only begotten, because of Christ's two nature. He's fully God. He's fully man. One uh, substance with the Father regards the Godhead. One substance with us regards human beings, mankind human uh, uh, manhood. Why is that important? Sunday School Lesson 101, if he's not God, then his sacrifice wouldn't have been perfect. If he's not man, nor would his sacrifice had been perfect. So the perfect lamb in all these words as the only begotten son. Again, these are verse words that we, we tend to just glaze over from time to time and don't understand the real true meaning. Listen, what we do here, all we're doing here this morning is a simple deep dive verse uh, study into one verse. You can do this on your own. Absolutely. Grab you a commentary and just go to a trusted commentary and just go to work. Learn some simple things. Let the simplicity of the word overwhelm uh, of his word overwhelm you to be in awe of him. All right. Let's get going. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, I mean, think of that old hymn, whosoever surely meaneth me, is, uh, it's, it's a great true song that um, it, it includes you and I. This means anyone who will, 
Those that believe, does that mean you? I can't answer that for you. So I looked up that uh, whosoever, that phrase in the Greek, and there is no deeper definition. Whosoever, that's it. Some people, they, they want to put their name, whosoever. Uh, you can put your name in that whosoever if, if you fully believed in Christ and you can personalize this verse. That's okay. I just thank God that there's room for us in that verse to do just that. The next word in this verse is believe or believeth in, in the King James. So, uh, believes in the New King James. The word believe with its various endings, um, it, it occurs a hundred times in the book of John. So, we're looking at the book of John today in, all, in the numbers. If you just look at the numbers, how many times certain words are used. When words are repeated, it's on purpose. It's not by accident. Well, the word believes, it, it, it denies salvation by any other way except by faith. There's no other way to him. Um, I know people will struggle with that, not like that. Others just accept it and move on and get angry with people that, don't, that can't see it. Why can't you see that? This isn't an academic exercise. It's by faith. You have to let faith happen. And nobody's ever argued into believing in the Christ. I, in fact, I've watched many, many uh, Christians, believers, apologists, uh, on a debate stage with um, atheists and, 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 and so, so, so forth. You can win the point, but it doesn't mean you've won the person. Remember that. As you are talking with people, these are people. Our goal isn't to win an argument. Don't, don't, why do you want to argue anyways? We want people brought into the kingdom. Take that, share the truth. Give that reasonable, logical explanation to their answer and then get out of the way. Be kind. Be loving. Don't let the world and atheists be kinder and gentler than you as a believer. That's wrong. That's backwards. We should be the kindest people walking this face of earth. Instead, we walk around sometimes kind of grumbling and mad. We're mad uh, a lot of the times. In John chapter 3, the context here is, of course, with Nicodemus. I don't want to belabor this, but uh, and then in John 3, 3, um, it, it kind of comes to the head talking about salvation. But just remember that belief is more than an academic exercise, way beyond an academic exercise. So the very next word, if you'll look in in John 3, John chapter 6, sorry, 316, that whosoever believe in him, two words, in him, salvation is found in Christ alone. There's a plethora of verses that talk about this. John, let's do 1 Corinthians 5, 12 is, is one, another one. Uh, since love is putting the other person ahead of yours, Christ is the greatest experience and example of what kind of love we're talking about. You put your life, you're exchanging lives is what you're doing. Now, when we get married, are we exchanging lives? No. The Bible says the two shall become one. You're not exchanging, you're becoming one. That's in Genesis. Jesus said it. Ephesians said it as well, 533. So we're becoming one when we get married. In Christ, it's the only time you see your life being exchanged. 
There's the only way to emulate him is to exchange. You don't have the nature to imitate Jesus Christ genuinely. You do not have the nature. When we take on his nature in him, in his righteousness, then when we do the works that we do, they're going to have lasting bearing fruit and the works that we do will have a designation. That's why Rusta Merritt, when he would do the secret handshakes that would are helping people, God was orchestrating every bit of that out. He was doing it from a, a very genuine um, uh, motive. The Lord was placing that on him. He wanted it to go to a to to uh, people, and the Lord was orchestrating people to come into my life that I'm able to do just that you can't do that on your own without being showy <clears throat> ross was doing works in his righteousness in christ righteousness why because he was in him right living in him see how that comes out so the question comes for you not how much money can you give but the the things that you do the little things that you do it where's it coming from is it becoming because that, that just feels like the right thing to do uh, that works, but when you're doing it as Lord, I, I want to be your servant today. What do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to be today? And as you're doing this, he he's 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 going to line these things up, and you do them. It could be something as simple as sending somebody a timely, well worded text, card, a reminder, a random gift, or not so much random, but a specific gift. Just thinking of other people, but out of his orchestrating. I, I love it. It's way beyond what we could ever do in and of ourselves. So the very next part of the verse says, uh, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, here we go, should not perish, die. Men of the old world perished, right? Um, we remember, let's go back to Genesis, but Noah was spared, eight were spared. People of Sodom perished, but Lot was spared. The firstborn of Egypt perished, but Israel was spared. Jericho's citizens, they perished, but uh, Rahab was spared. Whoever, whosoever believes in him shall not perish eternally in hell, but they get to be connected to their creator, and it just so happens the creator's in heaven and that becomes their eternal home. There is heaven to gain and a hell to be shunned when we think about shall not perish. The impact of a believer leaving this earth and the, the instantaneously being in the presence of our God, it never becomes um, old to me. In fact, the older I get and the more I pastor and the more I meet with families and the more that I get to spend with families of a genuine believer that has left this earth, there is a peace. It's already been talked about. I, I, I can't say anything new about it, but man, when you get to witness it, when you get to experience a peace that comes like that, that that's when all this in life really matters. And of course, the the... the Opposite of that shall not perish, verse 16, but have everlasting life. The very last part of the verse. What does it 
share with us. Life as life, the word life is mentioned 36 times in the book of John. You know, if we were to just to do John by the numbers, I think you would have a a great study to do. How many times words are used? We went over several of them. 36 times this word life is mentioned in the book of John. The verse begins with God and it ends with life. This Bible begins with God, ends with God slash life in Revelation. Everlasting life is not just an eternal existence. Now let me pause, repeat that line, and think about this. Eternal life is not just an eternal existence. We're all going to have eternal an eternal existence. Eternal life, what is referred to there all throughout the Bible, John 14, 6, it's talking about a life, everlasting life that he's referring to is a life connected to your creator. Some people are actually repulsed by the idea of an everlasting life because their lives are so miserable. You can't even imagine or picture, even a biblically enhanced imagination, picture living forever. But the eternal life that our, the Bible talks about is more than a continual existence. It's way beyond that. It's God's life embodied in Christ given to believers. So kind of don't overlook um, the impact. And again, the wording of the Bible. Be reminded, words mean things. We can't just peruse over them. So in that whole verse that we just read, John 3, 16, you've heard it, you know it. If you're new to our uh, online service or, or anything like that, it may be the first time that you've heard it, but odds are you've heard that verse before. This Valentine's Day, my hope and prayer is that it would hit you, um, just over, just impact your life in a way that bring, brings a change. Or I hope that it soothes a hurt that may be in your heart, in your soul today. In eternal life, there's no more that's talked about in the Bible. There's no more sickness. There's no more enemy. There's no more evil, sin, or death. We introduce Jesus Christ to you today. We don't necessarily introduce Cross Point Baptist Church, a church cannot save you. It cannot move you from heaven to hell. It cannot move you and transform your life. We are merely a conduit. We are merely the channel that, and we, this church I'm speaking about, will be a channel for that purpose to introduce and to instruct and incorporate uh, you as a, a human being into the family of God. There's another good one as we think about family. Some of us come from healthy families, some mediocre, some we take our families for granted, but some have never had a home life. Uh, it's hard for you to imagine being in a spiritual family, being in God's family. Why would I want that? My family experiences have been terrible, and then I you know, enter into another family by way of marriage, and that's not going great. The, the families that he talks about in life, his spiritual life, is the perfect family. We're not a perfect people, but he's our perfect father. He's our heavenly father. 
Let me conclude this morning with this saying. You can't love until you know who love is. You can't love until you know what love is. Kind of how we started today. Again, it is a simple message that we want to share on this Valentine Day. Um, but if there was no February 14th, this message, this scripture, the truth, is applicable whether it's a Hallmark holiday or not. In fact, this verse, this Bible works every day. In fact, it works every time it's applied. You may think, well, I've applied it and I haven't seen it work that way. You haven't let it really work. The timing is not up to us. It's 100% up to him. So we will uh, conclude our worship this morning by the reading of the word. I um, a little bit am apologetic that we don't have music this morning, but with the people in the house this morning, I don't know that it would be a joyful noise unto the Lord. It would be just a noise. So um, hopefully you're grateful that you have locked in today. Make sure that you think on these things. Maybe even go back and restudy these for yourself. So let's have one more word of prayer before we conclude this morning. Lord, again, we are grateful that we're, we have the means to come before you. So many people are spread throughout our country that are, are watching this morning, and some are just around the corner. But we come together. We are taking each day as it comes. You've, that's all you've required of your children is just to trust and obey. And we will help us to do that, Lord, but also help us to love. Let today not just be another day for people to go through and move on to the next holiday or move on to the next event. I would probably, uh, Lord, ask you to make this prayer very real because people are loving all the time. They love things. They love money. They love items. They love people. But if they don't love you first, they're going to come up short. They're going to come up empty. It's not going to fill. Thank you for being a God that fills. You complete us according to your word. So bless the words, the reading of your word today. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for being our Savior and uh, being the author and finisher of our faith. I lift this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So uh, be blessed today. If you need anything from us by way of spirituality or anything we can do, make sure to let the leaders know. Um, and we will see you when we see you. Bye-bye. Love you.